And the reason that that moved into that week long not talking to him was because I found yet another history on, I don't remember if it was your phone or the computer or something, where he was looking at, at gay porn or bi porn or something. And I was just tired of it. It was 18 years of, dude, seriously, this just, it kills me to know that he's hiding this part of himself from me and we could enjoy it together if he would just tell me about it. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their funny, sexy, and fascinating stories as they take us on their journey. We always strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy and positive approach to non-monogamy. However, everyone approaches it a little differently. And at its core, our show is about hearing, highlighting, and learning from the different experiences and approaches people have. With that in mind, it is important to remember that the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect those of our own. So sit back, relax, and just accept the fact that your time with us will be spent in an awkward turmoil of laughter and arousal. We should also let you know that this podcast will hopefully include some explicit language. If that kind of thing offends you, we suggest you keep listening until it no longer does. If you're under 18, you either need to stop listening or go get your parents and you can listen as a family. The choice is yours. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 12. I'm Emma. And I'm Finn. And today we have an exciting interview with some Twitter followers of ours, By and By 45. They reached out to us and wanted to come on the show, which was really exciting. And they have a unique story because they are both bisexual in the swinging community. Yeah, they share a lot of awesome insights into what it was like for him coming out to her the long journey that it took for that to happen and then mm-hmm. sort of them going in and out and having to reset their their swinging dynamic at least once. So yeah. it was a really fun interview, really awesome insights and a lot of great information. So definitely stick around. But before that, we've got our first ever listener question. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody reached out to us on Cassidy and shot us over a great question. And we're not really a question and answer podcast, but we're here to help build the community and help people out as much as we can. So uh, we figured we'd go ahead and give it an answer. So if you have questions, feel free to reach out and ask them. And we'll we'll, we'll at least answer them to you. And we'll probably answer them on the show. So, yeah, we're not professionals, but we can we do have uh, some experience. So we can provide some insight. Yeah. So Emma's going to go ahead and read the question. And then we're going to give our best shot at answering it. Okay. So this is from Lazi, or I think we're saying that right. Although I thought it was lazy because of the, the way the question came across, but <laughs> no, I don't know. Pretty yep. sure that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, he, he says, so we have fooled around with some friends two times. The first time we messed around, we were all hot and heavy with each other's spouses, and I, the guy, was too excited and came too quickly, which prompted me to want to end the swap play. My wife was still getting fucked, but, I, but since I already finished, I wanted her to stop and chill with me already. Am I wrong for that? She was a little upset over it because she didn't finish. So the wife and I have been talking about what happens if this happens again, where I come too quickly while swapping with a different partner. What is the proper thing to do? My sex drive and horniness falls pretty low after coming and not are not into the moment anymore until a few minutes pass by. I was suggesting if it does happen for us again, for us to regroup and wait a little bit for my sex drive to come back up again. Am I being a little selfish, or should I sit back, wait, and watch my wife get railed until she's done? I'd rather her finish first, but sometimes I get too excited and come too quickly, but other times I last a long time. 
Just seeing all the playing around with wife swapping gets me really turned on. Please, any suggestions or tips that can solve this? Thanks. Also, a quick disclaimer. The name we used for that um, question was the name that he requested we use. And also, we answered the question to him and went back and forth, exchanged a few emails, and then asked permission to use his question. So if you send us a question, don't assume we're just going to publish it without asking you. We'll definitely ask you first. And we'll definitely make sure it's okay and we'll get all the name stuff sorted out. So don't worry about it there. So first of all, the thing I'd like to say is that I can really relate to this. Um, even when Emma and I are having sex together and I finish, I pretty much <laughs> don't want anything to do with sex for like at least a couple hours. I just kind of like shut down and I want to go do something else, go hiking, go do something productive. Yeah. I feel like I just wasted the last however much time and I know that's... Sounds terrible, but that's just the chemical reaction that happens after yeah, sex. we're and done it, at that point. <laughs> yep. And so, there, I mean, there's times where I have to, like, just step out for a minute and let her grab the vibrator and, yeah. and finish things up. So, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> not my proudest moments, but, it, you know, sometimes it's just, it, that's the way it is. And so I, I can really understand that. But at the same time, sometimes you just have to kind of power through. And so... Yeah, especially in group situations. Especially in group situations. So the, the advice we kind of gave here was, um, you know, there's a few things you can do. One is to realize that it's not, first of all, it's not all about you. And if the other woman wants to keep going and she's not finished, you can switch and start using your hands or your mouth and find other ways to pleasure her. If she is done and she doesn't need to keep going, you can reconnect with your wife and maybe like cuddle with her, hold her while she's having sex with the other guy. So she gets to have hers and mm -hmm. you can still kind of reconnect and she can maybe just take a little bit of, um, just under have a little bit of understanding that you're kind of recovering. So maybe she needs to just give you a little bit of attention to help yeah. you recover. You know, it's only probably going to take a few minutes. Yeah. So. The other thought we had was if you and the other woman are both kind of done for the moment. Uh, so if I was in this situation and the partner and I were who were, he was done and we, I was done as well, you know, it'd be fine to step out of the room for a little bit and make a drink or go to the bathroom or just take five minutes and then go back into the situation. And that way you're not interrupting your wife with the other guy. Um, I know that each couple is different, but I think taking that five-minute break and then going back in is not a bad thing. Yeah, and also, if the other woman wants to keep going and you really don't and you guys are okay with it, I mean, it's okay for you to step out on your own as well and go make drinks yeah. for everybody and let her jump in and have the other guy get to have a threesome with the two women. I mean, there's there's so many different ways to handle it, but I think the, the overall point is that sometimes you kind of have to just power through these things. Mm -hmm. And I want to also say that uh, you kind of have to give yourself room to make mistakes or to have these types of feelings at the beginning. This sounds like it was your very first time trying this. Right. And so stuff's going to happen. You're going to experience things and feelings you've never experienced before. And you're going to react to them. And, and it sounds like you realized afterwards, like, oh, I kind of maybe didn't do that right. How can we fix it? And I think that's the most important part rather than just being like, no, I'm done. You're done. You need to come back to me and we're, there's no more discussion about it. So I think the fact that you guys are having the discussion. Yeah, and that you reached out and asked us a question about it. I think that's really good. Um, another thing we just wanted to mention quickly is that, you know, if this is something that you see happening over and over again, 
just be honest with your wife and with the other couple or whoever's in the play situation and be honest about it up front, you know, say, uh, you know, before play starts, say, hey, you know, sometimes I get a little too excited, come a little too quickly, and I may need to step out for a few minutes. That's okay. Just as long as you're upfront and honest about it, I think that helps maybe calm nerves and, and make the situation a little bit um, more easy, comfortable. Yeah, and I think any reasonable and nice couple would be like, okay, cool, no problem. Yeah. And the guy's probably like, sweet, I get to have two women for a little while. So. <laughs> or maybe the other, other guy has the same problem and says, oh, yeah, me too, I might do the same. <laughs> right, so. Or yeah. maybe a woman does that too. That's very true. Sometimes yeah. orgasms are really intense and you need a few-minute break. <laughs> so that was sort of our thoughts on it. If you guys have any opinions on it, feel free to shoot them over on Twitter or our email, which is nnmpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Cassidy. Our screen name is NNM Podcast. Our Twitter handle is NNM Podcast. So, As in normalizing non-monogamy. Yep. So reach out. Say hi. If you have any other questions, want to respond to this, or if you want to come on the show, just reach out. Yeah. And our website, real quick, is normalizingnonmonogamy.com. And that's important because that's where we keep all the show notes for this show. So any of the resources we're going to talk about, you can jump over there, see a full list of all those resources and, and anything else you might need. So yeah. with that, we're going to jump into the interview. We're here with Mr. and Mrs. B. We It's our very first brand new couple that we've never met before. They just reached out to us via Twitter and said, hey, we'd like to come on the show. So thank you guys again for doing that. It's, yeah, it's great to have you here. Yeah. It's our pleasure. Thank, thank you, you very much for asking. Yeah. Yes. So for anyone, including ourselves, who don't really know anything about you guys, could you tell us maybe a little bit about who you are and sort of what non-monogamy, like a high level, looks like for you guys? And we'll dive into it a little bit deeper. Uh, okay. We have been in the lifestyle as swingers, uh, leaning more toward the bisexual aspect of that. We're both bi, and we have a tendency to go more toward like the single bi guy in the lifestyle as well um we have been in it for about a year and a half uh there is a three-month break in the middle of that we took time off to sort of recalibrate ourselves and all that sort of stuff and so we are in our mid-40s we have been married for a little over 23 years wow Wow. congratulations yeah congratulations he got the number right yay (laughs) (laughs) research beforehand and uh and so we're still considered like I guess newbies in this. Yeah. Well, what got what what got you guys into this a year and a half ago? Yeah. What was that initial conversation? Who brought it up to who, and how did that play out? That uh, actually was brought up a little bit over time. It's dirty talk in bed. Oh my gosh! Could you imagine the guy coming in here and touching me and whatever? And then that just ramped up into his buy story and coming out to me, and then. I think just one night I just mentioned, hey, let's make a profile on the Swinger site and just see what happens. And then after that, it was like, oh, my gosh, this is so fun. <laughs> In 30 minutes, we had the website, we had the, the profile built. Yep. Everything was ready. And we were accepting applications. Yep. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's pretty fast. I know a lot right of people. In. Yeah, a lot of people take a lot of time to contemplate this and build up to it. It sounds like you guys just kind of went for it. We did. We did the first go around. We, we sort of jumped in. Uh we did, I guess, a lot of research with listening to a lot of podcasts yes. beforehand, a lot of Swinger podcasts, um, that we became really, really engrossed with their stories 
and use their experiences to our benefit of what not to do and what to do and read a lot of articles. Um, but we had been sharing the interests in that for a while with each other. Um, but it was when we decided, hey, we're, game's on. It was like within our first month, we already had our first play date scheduled. Yeah. Wow. Well, you but you'd spend time doing all that research beforehand, which is nice to make you understand a little bit of what you might be getting into. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, yeah. In the, there's just so many. This is so much more than just sex. Yeah. Um, that's just a small aspect of all of this, especially when you live in a community that is not supportive of this lifestyle. And all the amount of discretion that has to be in place because we would lose everything if anybody found out. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's true for a lot of people and it's, it's really unfortunate, but you know, maybe, maybe someday it won't be the case. Um, yeah. Let's hope so. <laughs> right. Not, yeah. Because we're doing nothing wrong. Neither one of us are committing adultery. Right. Uh, we're going into this uh, fully expecting uh, to have mm-hmm. sex with other people. Fully knowing it, not sharing any, not hiding any secrets or anything like that. So there's nothing morally wrong with it. Right. But unfortunately, it's not supported. Right. Right. When you guys, it sounded like when you started having the initial discussions, it was more around involving another guy. Had you come out uh, to Mrs. B before that as being bisexual, or was was that sort of like a an open door for you to kind of walk through and say, Hey, if we're going to explore this, this is something that you should know about me. Uh, my bisexual journey. Um, I knew early on in my adolescence that I was bisexual, but I came from an extremely conservative religious household where that was not allowed. It was never talked about, uh, totally discriminated against. And so I hid that part of myself for many, many, many years. I wasn't willing to even accept it myself. So it took me 18 years of unsuccessfully trying to hide it from Mrs. B before she finally sat me down, had a very honest conversation, said, listen, something has got to change. Uh, And whatever you say to me right now, I will accept 100% with love, with compassion, but Something has got to change. And finally, I just said, at that time, I said, I'm by curious. And it was like this wall initially came down between us. We were able to talk more freely. Um, we started experimenting more with that side of stuff, with toys and with videos. And it became, it became more comfortable. It was still an everyday journey where you have to check in with each other and, and communicate. And there were, were those initial fears that this was the first step to me going fully gay uh, that you always hear about. And so it's still, it's still an issue. I don't want to say it's an issue, but it's still an it's ongoing, more issue still. It's still more of my issue because of 40 something years of being told this part of myself is wrong. Yeah. And then to accept it myself, that it's not wrong. It's just who I am. Right. And then, I'm lucky enough that I have a spouse that is truly supportive mm-hmm. of that and thinks it's hot to see two guys right. together. So. Yeah. <laughs> that, doesn't was, help. that doesn't hurt. I mean, no, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. yeah. No. When you, I guess, Mrs. B, when you approached him and said, Hey, something has to change here. 
was there some type of inkling that like this is you kind of had an idea that this was what it was or were you completely taken off guard when it when it happened for 18 years i knew that it was something i had an inkling because when he first met me i was in a relationship with a woman for three years so when we met each other i was still in a relationship with her that was ending and then when it ended he and i became kind of best friends and then that just kind of morphed into a relationship with our you know with each other and i had joked with him about that he was bi or that he was secretly gay or something it just i don't know why i said the secretly gay part but i just i don't know there was just the way that he would look at guys or the way that he would interact with some friends of ours and stuff it just it was, it was different than any other guy i'd ever been with so, so when the 18 year mark came along i hadn't spoken to him for a week only because he thought i was planning a divorce state of divorce conversation because i hadn't talked with him and the reason that that moved into that week long not talking to him was because I found yet another history on, I don't remember if it was your phone or the computer or something where he was looking at, at gay porn or bi porn or something. And I was just tired of it. It was 18 years of, and it was less of, um, I don't want you to get one over on me. It was more of a dude, seriously, this just, it kills me to know that he's hiding this part of himself from me and we could enjoy it together. If he would just tell me about it. Yeah. So it's more of a, let's sit down, let's have this chit chat and then we're going to go fuck our brains out. And then, you know, it was good from there. <laughs> yeah. What Was there some concern that, and you mentioned this, like being concerned that there was, it was the gateway to being gay. Were you concerned that that was what was actually going on? Oh yeah. Yeah. But he, I mean, I guess it's a lack of equipment, but now I realize that's not, it, it's a non-issue. Yeah. There are ways to play around it. Plus, with what we have now with our play dates and things, it's a way for both of us to get something fulfilled that we can't 100% do with each other. Yeah, yeah. sure. So, I, oh, go ahead. So you had been open with him about being, you yourself being bi from the very beginning because he knew you had dated a woman. So yes. it was just pulling, I guess, giving him a space that he can be comfortable enough telling you about him, his sexuality. Mm -hmm. I think that's really awesome. Yeah, and I was also going to say it probably helped, too, on your side, understanding that it's possible to be bisexual. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't necessarily understand. They're like, well, it's either men or it's women. And being bisexual yourself, you actually are able to say, well, yeah, he's not just lying to me so he can sleep with guys. So I right. think that's, that's probably a really helpful piece of that story. So right. I just congratulations, because I think that's a really fan fantastic success story for you guys so that makes us happy yeah no it's wonderful to hear how mm -hmm. after you had that first conversation you said you it took some time but how did that journey go over the next the last few years of of experiencing coming to terms with actually being out about being bisexual well we again we started playing with like different toys and like with pegging and that side of things and that went really, really well. We both realized we really enjoyed that aspect of it. And then we started watching movies together. And we would start sending pictures of either cute guys or cute girls to each other. And then we would we came up with a cool name for uh, what, if we're out in public and we see a cute guy, we came up with a, hey, there's a peach. And that was the name for guys. And ladies were strawberries. And hey, look at that strawberry over there. And so we would be out <laughs> up with you with our kids. And we'd go, hey, there's a peach on aisle two. And so you'd go down and see aisle two. Right. <laughs> and, 
it became like a daily secret that we could share with each other. Right. And we didn't have to hide anything anymore. So if we could overcome that hurdle, then everything else was much easier to overcome. You know, talking about money, talking about kids, and talking about the home and all that sort of stuff, that became just so much easier because there wasn't this wall up between us anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's, I think that's true for, we we hear that a lot from other people who have, when they've started having this conversation um, about opening their relationship, it just makes the conversation about everything so much easier. And at that point, you guys were pointing other hot people out in the stores. And is that sort of what led the conversation to, well, what if they actually joined us and how do we make that happen? Is that sort of the progression that it took? I think the pointing out peaches in the grocery store came after we had started playing with people, didn't it? Although it was, it was around the same time. I would. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, We, we've already always been curious about having that third person join us. Um, But after I came, but it was never, it was never. You would never do that. I could never do that. I just, I couldn't share you with anyone. That was the thing for a little, but we would dirty talk it in bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it just it when it would get to the point of we're almost there to make it real, then we would kind of back away, and we did that for a few years. A yeah. Few years. Okay. Yeah. And was and it? It was a jealousy type concern at that point. I think so. With me, it was. I'm extremely, extremely jealous. Yeah, because I never ended a relationship. I was always the one that was fucked over, okay. basically. So I was scared that that was going to happen again, especially because you're going to invite someone else into your bed. Right. You know what? If, what if he likes another person better than me? Then it's, I'm out. Oh, yeah. You know. So yeah. what What was the shift one night when you actually said, let's do it. I want to do this. What What turned over that made that happen? I guess a lot of the research we had done beforehand where we had listened to people that went into the lifestyle after years of being married, happily married, and they continued to be happily married after the lifestyle mm-hmm. and hearing them tell their stories about how they spent their weekend and how it strengthened their relationship. And that made it just seem so much more realistic. That's mm-hmm. what we wanted as well. We didn't want this to, we didn't want this to change our relationship. We just wanted it to further our relationship. Right. But uh, the, the moment that moved it into a reality was a conversation on the telephone, me and a guy friend of mine who's, uh, I don't know, almost 10 years older than I am. I'd been friends with him for a long time. We we share a hobby and he was never friends with him because it was a different section of friends. Anyway, I was on the phone with my friend um, and I made a joke. Hey, Mr. B and I have been talking. We, we want a third person in our bed and we, we picked you. What do you think? Ha ha. And he goes, okay. <laughs> and I, I almost pissed my pants. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> And I was like, I was just kidding. And then he goes, no, I'm, I'm serious. And it really, me because this guy has always been the real rough and, and just crotchety old man attitude and just very, very, a man's man type of person. So when he agreed to have another dude in bed with him and I'm like, you do understand that Mr. B is bisexual, right? This, this might be some experimentation for him for the first time. And he was like, I don't care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, now, so, so now you guys share multiple hobbies. Correct. Right. <laughs> one, one of which is Mr. B. <laughs> That's right. 
Huh? And so, yeah, that was a, a that was our first experience. Mm-hmm. That was my first experience with another guy, uh, because uh, that was my first expi- experience with anybody else other than Mrs. B. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she was my first, we got married. So, uh, she's the only person I've ever been with. And so that was very nerve wracking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I bet. <laughs> and then it, we listen to a lot of people and they think that the, it's really, really odd that we would choose somebody that we both knew. Uh, a lot of people choose someone random. Uh, it worked for us. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily the most sexually satisfying adventure but without having to worry about not knowing the other person it made it more comfortable yeah i I don't think that's that surprising at all because when you're comfortable with a with a close friend that just taking it one step further the the trust is already there which makes a big difference right and then we also realized that um i'm a control freak in my normal life and that carried forward to the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So I, I have, I would try to control every single. I wanted to go into it with a script. Okay, at three o'clock, door, and you know, he enters the door. At three o five, the first article closed starts coming off, and it would progress toward every little aspect of it. And so it became a where I would have to throw the script away and just be in the moment. moment. Yeah. yeah, and came in. A, a hard process for me and still to this day like if for example if we have a play date scheduled oh, for saturday i will start on monday planning <laughs> yeah I, i'm not guilty of anything <laughs> i was gonna say finn does that too <laughs> yeah. good uh, yeah because um and there's a whole lot of um like when we talk to people now the process to vet somebody is much more detail focused mm-hmm. on my end. She okay. doesn't like to talk. She doesn't like to communicate on a kick or anything like that. So I do almost ninety percent of the betting, and only when I feel comfortable with the individual do I bring her into the communication with them, knowing full well that hey, she's not going to communicate very much. You're going to be talking to me most of the time, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a method to the madness that I use on a regular basis for everyone. Yeah. Right. No, I, and that's, that's different from our first time around too, because the first time around I felt like I needed to be in those conversations a hundred percent of the time. So it was very, very overwhelming for me to try to, Oh my gosh, it was so hard to try to be a good employer and a good mom or good employee and a good mom and a good wife. And then move over into swinger mode at different parts of the day, it was ridiculous for me. So I finally just told him, I, I can't do it. I, I've just got to be, just X me out during the day. I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, I don't think that's that uncommon for people who are super busy. They let one person handle it and the other person trusts them enough and bring, say, bring me in when it's time. Well, the other person's busy yeah. handling other parts of their life, too. <laughs> right. Because, because I would imagine for every one person you do meet, there's probably three or four or five that don't make it past the first couple of text messages of like, okay, yep, this isn't going to work. And that's just a lot of wasted time that, that you would have yeah, for, for no reason. And our rules and boundaries, like I have that initial email already pre-saved. So all I have to do is go copy, paste, and move it over to the next person. And it sends basically, hey, listen, this is our guidelines. And if you're not okay with 
A, B, or C, just let us know, and we'll move on. But there's no use of our, us wasting your time or you wasting mm-hmm. our time. And so I'm just very, this time around, I'm just more upfront. Let's just yeah. get through right. the initial BS. Yes, we're all horny. We all want to have sex. But these are our guidelines to get us to the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So you so you met the you met your friend and then did you get on the websites or was it all sort of at the same time and that just happened to work out first? That worked out first okay. and then we uh, became involved with um, SLS yeah. uh, lifestyle mm-hmm. and then we quickly after that we had our first in, first person uh, that reached out to us on there. That was a very good experience. He was new as well. That was the experience we we kind of wish was our first because it was just a very comfortable experience and we got to do a whole lot of exploring that night. Okay. So that, that first experience with uh, somebody else other than your friend went really well and... Uh, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah. said... Uh, back at the beginning of this conversation, you said that you've been in about a year and a half, but you had about a three-month break. Uh, can you expand on that a little bit, why you ended up having a break, and um, what, how, if that changed anything? I basically had a mixture of jealousy, God issues. All of a sudden, it just seemed like it. I was overwhelmed with everything. We were just, we jumped in both feet first, way too fast, and I just couldn't wrap my head around it. In addition to, and I don't think you and I have talked about this, our oldest son made mention of someone that he knew in school, and he used the word whore, which our children don't talk about people that way. We didn't raise them that way. But he called this girl a whore, and I said, what are you talking about? Why would she be a whore? And he said, Mom, she's just, she's indiscriminate. And I think that sat in my brain like a brain bomb, and it just, I lost it. Just inside, it was just a crumbling of, oh, my God, this is not right. But then... We took that break, and it, it was a huge blow up with us because, of course, I didn't want to hurt him, and I didn't want to quit what he was enjoying, but I also didn't want to jeopardize the two of us. Sure. So we chilled. We we cut off everything. We shut it down. Yeah, we cl- we closed everything off. Yeah. We uh we let everybody know. Yeah. We were never ghosting anybody, so we con- contacted everybody that we were in a relationship with, told them what was going on, um, shut down Twitter, closed this. Connected everything and took a, we didn't talk about it at all Mm-mm. for a good, probably two and a half to three months. It never yeah. came up. Yeah. And, but we were, we were very involved with the lifestyle. We yeah, were so I was, was going to ask, like after that, you said you met the first person on SLS. Did it take off like really fast after that and almost become overwhelming? And that's what threw you into the, the two month, like, oh shit, we went a little bit heavy in the beginning yeah within a probably two month window we were probably talking to six different single guys two couples and trying to arrange play dates with all of them while in the middle of being a family and we were doing the club we, yeah. we joined a club in the first part of all of this yes. which was fun it was um unsuccessful as far as getting together with another couple but it was a really neat experience as far as um, exhibitionism. Yeah. 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 That was sure. That was so you guys went into it 150% just yes. balls to the wall, no. right? Yes. And we didn't, we didn't have that 
confidence to say no to anybody, which right. was really hard oh, to begin yeah. with. Because we're oh. new and we have our own body issues and confidence issues and all this stuff. So it's like, why would we ever tell anyone no? I mean, we should be thankful anyone even wants to, you know, hang out with us. We're not the cool kids. Yeah. And and so it became where it was almost a full time job just keeping up with that side of yeah. the lifestyle with the conversations and Twitter and podcast and the club and it just became even for me and you know, I'm more organized, it was just a great thing for us to say, Hey, we need to stop. We need to come back, just the two of us, mm-hmm. spend some time and just relax and realize what's important. Right. So is that what what did it look like after that three month reset? Did did things how did you get back into it after that three month? He let me lead. He 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 stayed to himself. He never pressured he never pressured me at all. I think it was um well when we have our alone time, when we have our intimate times we watch porn and my favorite kind of porn is gay porn, gay guy porn. So it, I remember one night telling you, God, I just really miss meeting new people. Yeah. Just, just meeting new people that like kinkiness or like to, to talk about different things like pegging or just even sex in general. Cause a lot of our friends are truly vanilla. I mean, really, really boring vanilla. So I missed that connection with anyone on the outside in the swinger type lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. And then outside of the lifestyle, we are not social people. No. Uh, we don't go out and hang out with friends on a regular basis. We don't go out to a bar or anything like that. Uh, when we get off work, it's just the two of us with mm-hmm. our kids. Yeah. So that sort of allowed us, the lifestyle allowed us to be more social. Yeah, it's really strange how it worked out because with his job, he's more in the front. He's He's very... Um, community meeting people out in the world and I'm I'm in a job where I have to be with people that are in crisis a lot of times so <laughs> when we get home it's like shut the door close the blinds let's not even answer the phone yeah, yeah. it's yeah. one kind of hibernate yes mm-hmm. so have have things been much better since you guys re- hit the reset button and recalibrated very much so yeah we became much more confident with what we wanted out of the lifestyle mm-hmm. And that's where the form email started to come from and where we also started uh, like the, the lifestyle game, the card game. Have you all yeah. seen that? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, I took that and I took pictures of a lot of the green cards, just the generic questions. And so I would send those as a question of the day to whomever we were talking to. And that was a way to sort of vet them. Because mm-hmm. if if you weren't willing to talk to us for three or four days in a row, then was your attention really there? Right. And so we started using that as just a way to sort of vet people out without having to come up with unique questions every single time. Right. Uh, so we used that tool. And then we also um, sat down and had the conversation. Okay. Uh, the month of May is coming up. How many days do we want to allocate toward lifestyles or dates and so we just got on the same page much more so yeah how do you balance that with your regular life and and not be overwhelmed by the by the lifestyle because i can definitely understand how you mrs b like chair like miss those friendships that you had had gained because um i think that's one finn and i can definitely relate to because the 
the friendship and open-minded being around open-minded people is such a game changer and you don't really realize it until it happens and you meet those people and you're like, why aren't we more friends with more of these types of people? Because you can be a hundred percent yourself, whether you have sex with them or not, that part doesn't necessarily matter. So have you, have you guys started to, after that reset, scale back the number of people and more of like a quality over quantity after the, after the three month recalibration? Kind of. Our, our idea was that we wanted to have X amount, which was, I think, what, four or five? Four or five. In the pipeline. And we, we actually afford ourselves to be picky this time. Yeah. We're really picky this time. It, so it's, yeah. It has its, of course, its ebbs and flows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As things do. But we, gosh, let's see. We probably now have six single guys and one one full couple mm-hmm. who we talk with on a weekly basis and we were probably like three dates a month now mm-hmm. and of course that that goes up and goes down yeah so we we are actually very busy mm-hmm. still yeah. but more on because we want to be versus we think we have to be yeah yeah right. And I think that's really common when people first get into this. I know for us, it was very similar where we had that somebody reached out to us. We're like, oh, well, we should meet them right now because what if we don't have another chance and it doesn't matter who they are. And as you start to realize, like, this isn't a limited resource, like you have each other. There's going to be time to meet other people. You don't have to race out and meet 25 people in your first week just because they're there. Right. You can say no. You can be polite and courteous about it, but you can say no. And that's something that we all need to learn. It's it's hard. And again, going back to the fact that, you know, we're not, um, we were never the cool kids in high school or anything like that. And then when you listen to other podcasts and it seems like they have this huge community full of people and it's like, well, isn't that what it's supposed to be? Yeah. In a way, and then it's like, okay, so we have this quota that we have to meet before we're, you know, of any real merit in the lifestyle. And then we can know this is our journey, right? Yes. Our journey. We don't have to answer to anybody else for who we're with or things like that. And now we listen to people who maybe are in the lifestyle but only play twice a year. We're like, oh my God, how do you play twice a year? And <laughs> <laughs> then that, are we whores? <laughs> <laughs> but you found what works for you, and yeah. that that's the most important part. Cause, and some people play every single weekend or multiple times a week, and that's great. And then other people play once or twice a year, and that's that's just the dynamic that works. And I think yeah. that's really important to note. Um, yeah, and we've, we've met people that only play on vacation. They go away once a year on vacation, and they get it all out of their system. And then have fun, yeah. they don't do it again until the next year. So, I mean, it's whatever's going to work for you guys, and I think that's a really – important realization to come to. Yeah. What, one thing I was going to note was, you know, that three month break must've felt somewhat good to know that you could, you tried it, you put a halt to it, you could close it and stop everything and it was okay. And then you could open it again, but then also having that confidence in the future that if you need to stop again in the future, you can, and it's, it's okay. It's no, neither one of you, you might be a little disappointed, but your relationship is first and foremost. And you kind of prove that to yourself with that three month break. Right. And I think that was really important because she had, I think always felt that 
once we started this, this was never going to stop for me. Yeah. That she, well, again, is very jealous. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that I would find something that I like better uh, than her. And, and I'm coming into this before we even met. I'm coming into this relationship 23 years ago as an extremely promiscuous, non-discriminate person who just had sex with anyone and everything that walked by. And I mean that in every sense of the word. My my mother-in-law joked that this is Mrs. B. She's been around the block a few times. And <laughs> I corrected her one time and said, no, let's get it right. I've been on world tour a couple of times. You know, <laughs> <laughs> This one coming into complete virgin status, which definitely showed, but I didn't quite know what the hell was going on there. But And with him, when us coming into swinging stuff, it's just, it was like, oh, my God. It's like right out of the gate, boom. Oh. We just let a bull pull out. <laughs> so it was, I was afraid that he was going to get a taste of this and just run with it. Yeah. I'd already been there. Yeah. I was fine with this, but it, it so worked out. How have you, how have you handled some of that jealousy or is it still something that you're, you're battling with as an ongoing issue? I don't, I think the last time it reared its head even a little bit was, he and a guy friend that we were playing with, they had planned to take a shower together when we got to the hotel. And for whatever reason, we have a strict rule that we won't play away from each other. But in my head, I was thinking, okay, I've not been brought into this plan of showering together. So then in my head, I was like, this sounds an awful lot like playing away from each other. So it was just a little being a little pissy about it. So I, I managed to make my way around and got to kind of peek in. It was just listening. It was stupid. It was just one of those little things. But no, I haven't had any trouble at all. Yeah. yeah. What was funny that, and what was funny in that conversation is that that entire conversation happened in a group chat with all three of us. Yeah. So we had talked about it before. We talked about it in the middle, and then we talked about it a couple of days before. And then she's like, "Whoa, when have we talked about this?" And I'm like, "Honey, <laughs> here we've talked about it. this. Is one of his fantasies." That's what I mean. It was stupid. The door's going to be left open. Right. You're more than happy to pull up a chair and watch. Which I kind of did. Yes. And then it, but it's one of those where you just have to, I have to understand where she's coming from yeah. when she says something to me. Right. It's not something I can idly just push back and say, your feelings don't matter. Your feelings matter more than anybody else's. No, yes. that's just right, though. No, to me, your feelings matter more than anybody else's. That's another thing we differ about. Is it your feelings matter? No, it's that you say all the time that I control it. I hear so many swingers say that the women control the situations, and I hate that because it should be equal on all three or four or five. However many parts of people are playing, it should be on all all the control, not just me. Like, if you were to say stop, we should be able to stop. If I say stop or if someone else says stop, I don't like that the women make the calls. It just doesn't make sense to me. Well. It's very difficult for me. It is much more difficult for me to play with another woman than to play with another man. Yeah. Because women, I think, would be more timid to say no. Mm-hmm. And I always have told her that it always worries me that something would happen and then the woman would claim some, that she didn't want any part of it. Right. Afterwards. And I yeah. would feel extremely guilty myself, forcing myself. On. I hadn't considered that when you first said that, yeah. Right. And she hadn't considered that as well. Yeah. Um, and so it's, I, I just feel like with a guy, it's just more, dude, stop. But yeah. woman, it's, you have to be much more sensitive 
not only to her, but also to her spouse as well. And so when we're in a replaying, I am so aware of where she's at, her head game, her facial expressions. And so, and we both react to play dates completely different. Um, It takes her a lot longer to warm up than it does me. I'm, as soon as they walk through the door, I'm ready to go. And for her, she needs her time to warm up to the situation, to have the conversation beforehand. And so I have to understand that I can't rush her on my timeline, that I have to be patient and allow her to get to where I am. Yeah. No, and I think, I think what you touched on there was something that I can relate to very heavily, which is you don't ever want to make somebody uncomfortable. And unfortunately, the way our society has gone for thousands of years, however you want to look at it, that it's women are conditioned to defer to men. And it's, it's bullshit, but yeah. it happens. And so women are not going to be as likely to say, hey, I don't want to do this. You need to stop. Potentially, they might not be. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's exceptions to every rule. But as in general, that is something that you don't you want to be hypersensitive to as somebody who doesn't want to offend other people. And yeah, it's a hard balance because on the flip side, it puts a lot of pressure on the woman then to now be driving a situation that she's maybe not 100 percent comfortable with. But she wants to happen. Yeah, she wants it to happen. But she does. At least I've been in that situation where I want something to happen, but um, it's, I'm also introverted and can be shy and it's helpful once in a while for another person to take the lead a little bit. And especially if I'm feeling more uncomfortable that day for some reason. Um, But at the same time, that's not necessarily fair to the other person either. You got to all, everybody in the situation needs to be able to pull the plug at any moment. And that's the bottom line. But that, is hard for everyone to feel comfortable doing that. I mean, especially trying to stop things once everyone's naked is difficult for anybody. I guess on that same line, how have you guys managed to navigate the a topic of rules and boundaries and guidelines within the structure of play that you guys have created? So when we first got into the lifestyle with the rules, um, we didn't have a whole lot of rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the funniest ones was her rule. Yeah, we had we had one big one, and I didn't realize how how ridiculous it was until I heard um, probably Mr. and Mrs. Adam talking about it. I think Mr. Adam actually made a comment of, that's so fucking stupid, and it was the no kissing rule. And now it's one of my very favorite parts, and now I'm actually kind of disappointed when I come across a dud that can't kiss well. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yet, you when you first started, you weren't there yet, so you no. needed to give yourself time to. And I think that that's okay. You learned that about yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean that was one of her where that should be just between us. That was too connected to that individual to kiss somebody. Which yes, now that now I know that's fucking stupid. We're allowing someone's penis to enter me, or you're allowed to put someone's penis in your mouth, but I won't kiss them. Mm-hmm. I, I see now how ridiculous that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's a um, different it, level of intimacy, and I, yeah. yes. Right. And then, uh, uh, other than that, we didn't have a whole lot of other rules, mm-hmm. um, you know, where we play safe, uh, we oh, have yeah. to know you four times, we're not going to play on the first date, uh, those type of rules, and those really haven't changed mm-hmm. with us. Uh, the other rules that have more, that have changed more are the 
ones where we just dedicate certain times that we're going to play and we're more communicative with each other about our lifestyle time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you mentioned not playing separate at all, even to the point where like in the other room in the shower, is that still something that it's, it's always you guys in the same room as other couples or other people? Yeah. For the most part. I mean, we don't leave a hotel room there. The bathroom thing was one thing, but every now and then I'll be on the bed with someone that we're playing with and I'll look around and this one's gone. He has disappeared, but that, I mean, we go into it knowing that he is very excited by leaving the situation sort of, kind of, even if it's just walking to the bathroom and just listening, Mm -hmm. it's more becoming a voyeur at that time. So, but yeah, for the most part, we're, we're definitely play together. We don't play at separate times. We don't, one stays home and the other one goes to play. We just don't do that. No, and and I'm, I've left the actual hotel room. No. It's just left that individual room. Yeah. Yeah. I would never leave with somebody who, one, I didn't know and trust and, you know, like that. So. Yeah. Right. Right. I was just going to ask, um, it sounds like you guys meet a lot more single guys, but you also meet other couples. Do you typically try to meet couples that have another uh, bi guy just to help alleviate any pushback or concern from the guy's perspective on being in the room or has it not been an issue for you guys really? It hasn't been an issue. And in fact, we have a a guy that we played with recently who was not by, he would allow, he would receive, but he wouldn't reciprocate. So that was very different, but the couples, I mean, they know our rules. If, If they're not comfortable with it, they won't come in, but we've only played with one couple one time that the husband wasn't fully by and it was fine. Okay. Yeah. But, we do have our both our profiles say that we're bisexual. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and we talk about that quite a bit in our profile. And the first um, communications with them goes to the fact that we are looking for someone who is very comfortable with bisexual guy. Um, this is what I'm, I'm interested in. This is what I will allow. But we're also extremely comfortable not being with someone who is bisexual, right? And being playing with their comfort level as well. Okay. Yeah, if we, met, if we met a couple that was both of them were straight and we connected, I see no reason why, you know, it could move to the next level if we felt like it. Yeah. Right. Whatever. Yeah, but yeah, we no, think that our profile probably yeah, our profile is, is, is situated such and such that we're going to catch those individuals who are probably more interested in the bisexual play. Yeah. Right. Um yes. So just out of the yeah, nature of how it's written, yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so, you know, we've kind of gone through your basic journey, I guess, over the last many years. What are some of the benefits, I guess, that you guys have noticed? Obviously, more communication and open and honest communication between your relationship. But is there anything else you want to mention that non-monogamy has brought to you guys, your relationship? Well, uh, one, we are a lot more social. Uh, we get to uh, talk to people, mm-hmm. have conversations, go out to eat with people where typically we would be at home alone, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it allows us to get a different different aspect than what we're used to. We have a lot more conversations uh, about the lifestyle. Um, a lot of our time is spent um, talking about it. Uh, so we, we feel that we're just more communicative with each other on a regular basis um, because uh, we have a shared interest, another shared interest that we can talk about. 
It's also the shared secret that we have when we go over to like, you know, friends or families who don't know. And we can make little comments about uh, the lifestyle or we could wear our black rings over. And it's our, share, you know, our, our naughty little secret that only the two of us know about. And isn't this fun? And then it's the conversations where, uh, okay, all right, so what's what's still on our bucket list? What, what do we still want to do? And talk through those things. And will we ever do it? Because as busy as we've been, we've never made, mastered the art of the double penetration. Uh, so that's still on our list, at least my list. And you know, I want to see that happen. And <laughs> Um, so we finally managed to actually find a, com- a couple that all four of us are ex- very, very comfortable with. Uh, so we could have that like puppy pound and play where, you know, we could all be on the bed together. So that was a great experience. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we're both very kinky in our regular sex life. Uh, so to find other people that are just as kinky and, uh, that's very cool. And, um, yeah, it's just in a world where you check your social media and wives are complaining about husbands. Oh my God, I wish he would just go out somewhere and I just need a night out with my girls. And I'm sitting back here going, you guys are so missing out. Yeah. <laughs> now, non-monogamy brings such another level of intimacy and togetherness to a couple that we've discovered that it just, I, there's no, I, I have no words. It's just been awesome. Yeah. yeah. No, that's fantastic. That's really it's nice to hear that, um, you know, for you guys, it just really worked and it helped your relationship. Uh, well, I was curious, have you have you come out to any of your so friends, cool. either um, on the swinging side or in the bisexual side? Yeah. Or has anybody, like you said, to mention the black rings, has anybody commented on that that you've had to explain it to or wanted to explain it to? Uh, a few people that we know. Okay. Um, I have not come out to anybody at all. Um, I have not told any of my friends that I am bisexual. I have not told anybody that I am in the lifestyle. Uh, anybody that has mentioned my black ring, uh, and I don't wear it a whole lot now. We said it was our uh, matching rings we got for each other on our anniversary. I think his mother was the first one that made mention of it, and she caught on to it pretty quickly. And I came up, I've gotten pretty quick at coming up with bullshit explanations because you have two kids. Yeah. They ask you stupid shit, you have to be really quick. So I remember looking at her and going, oh, no, it's it's a shadow of our wedding rings on the same ring. It's It just it encompasses the entire body. So stupid. But she just ended up and whatever. But I have told at least a couple of our friends, one was to have a safety person. Okay, look, we're going to be at this place. If you haven't heard from me by 10 o'clock tomorrow, call the cops. Let my children know. Come check and see if we're okay. Interestingly really enough. Yeah, we don't do that anymore. Just, I don't know why, but we just don't do that anymore. We never let anyone know after we came back from the break, did we? No, I don't think we did. But interestingly, I have a close friend who used to share exploits that she would have when she was cheating on her significant other that I would listen to. And I would kind of live vicariously through her. That was back way back before conversations with swinging and stuff. And then when I came out to her as swingers, she shut it down. And I was so... I was so fascinated by why is this mutual consent relationship with other people so wrong, but I'm supposed to sit back and listen while you talk about your exploits with people while you're cheating on someone. I just didn't get it. I don't understand why this is so looked upon with such disgust and disdain. I guess it's just, they don't understand it. 
Yeah. yeah. Or maybe she was pissed off that you got to do what she was doing and you're <laughs> and you're and you're allowed to do it. Meanwhile, she's got to sneak around and feel guilty about it all the time. That's true. I hadn't mm-hmm. thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Lucy <laughs> told our next door neighbor. Uh, we were drinking. Ah, <laughs> uh, darn <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> Makes you do things. <laughs> Not only did she tell our next door neighbor that we were lifestyle, but she also told the next door neighbors that I was bisexual. But in my defense, you were drinking. We were drinking, and we had shared. We've lived next door to each other for over twenty years, so she's told me shit, and I felt totally safe telling her shit because we know too much about each other. Yeah. Yes. And how'd she yes. take it? She took it really well. Yeah. Surprisingly, she thought it was interesting and fascinating. Um, I really don't think she expected it out of us, but we've always been called the the relationship goals couple with a lot of our friends because. We do like to spend so much time together, and little do they know, we have a fuckmobile, you know, we have the car that we take and all that kind of shit, so they have no idea. It surprised the hell out of a lot of people, I think. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you guys have any, like, one piece of advice from each of you that you wish you could give to either yourself back when you first started or somebody who's just starting to get into this that you think is, like, this is the number one thing they need to know. It can get extremely overwhelming if you let it. You have to go into it knowing what each partner is comfortable with time-wise allocating toward the lifestyle and knowing what your individual goal, your individual roles are going to be. Uh, for example, um, I'm the one who bets everyone. I'm the one who controls the profiles. I'm the one who controls the kick conversations. And I'm the scheduler, and I'm the one who tries to arrange all the details. Uh, that's just more of my personality style. Um, I'm the party planner type person. And I can't expect her to be that person equally with me because we have t- different roles, different talents. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to not allow it to become, to take over your life. And to realize that it is a lot more than just going in to have sex with other people. Yeah. That you, there is so much more at stake than that. And you have to be serious about this. You have to trust the person you're with. You trust them with your life, with your livelihood, with your family, with everything you hold dear. Um, So you can't just go into this half-baked, just not thinking this through. This is a serious commitment, and if one one thing goes wrong, I mean, if you're outed, how are you going to deal with that? Yeah. So you have to think it through and be serious about this, if this is really, really what you want to do as a couple. Yeah. Have you guys had that conversation about what would happen if you were outed? Yeah, we have all these, like, built-in lies that, you know, the photo, we, we never, one thing we never ever do is we never share our face pics with anyone whatsoever on social media, any, any aspects whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the pictures that were on, are on kick could be those that anybody could probably get in, off of Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have built-in filters that, if, you know, oh, no, that's not us. I'm going to stole our profiles and, you know, have, you know, have identity theft people. And, um, but it would, it would be extremely difficult mm-hmm. yeah. to explain to the large base people where rumor is the truth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's unfortunate and, that it's in our society that we have, you feel like you need to be secretive. Um, 
Right. Like yeah, you mentioned that earlier in the, in the podcast, but it's unfortunate yeah. that it's that way. It is. And then, of course, we just hear you like uh, Mr. and Mrs. Jones have been oh, recently yeah. outed. Mm-hmm. And you just feel so horrible for them. And uh, they seem to have rebounded. But, I mean, the struggles that they had to go through, it just again, it just compounded the fact that this is this is real. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and are we willing to put ourselves in jeopardy to do this? And we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we don't, in our whole hearts, we don't feel like we're doing anything wrong. Right. And we hope that eventually society will come around to understanding that what we do in our bedroom is our business. Right. Well, we're working on it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's the point of this whole podcast. (laughs) So how about how about you, Mrs. B? What is your your tip for the newbies? Hmm. I have two facets and I want to speak to women. Um, one is about the plus size ladies side, and that is get over it. There are so many different shapes and sizes and colors and lumps and bumps. And when you're in the moment, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're there for a bigger purpose. I don't, it's just, it just stop, just stop analyzing every little thing about your body and just get over it and be in it and own that shit. You're, you're hot. You, they know what they're getting into. That was one of my things. It's like, do they know how big I am? Do they know what size I am? And I finally just, I've actually only gotten used to being completely 100% naked in the last few months, which is silly, but just get over it. Just be in it and yeah. enjoy yourself. And the other side of that is to ladies, it's okay to want this stuff to happen. It's okay to grab a dude by the dick and just start going. And that's still something that I struggle with is, is being able to pounce. I can't just pounce for some reason. I feel like I need to be brought into the, the moment and I, inside though, I know it's okay. Yeah. If I want to look over and do something, it's okay. Just, just do it. We, we have these, you know, um, safe words. You can say the safe word if you want to, but nine times out of 10, nobody's going to complain if uh, somebody wants to reach over and grab something. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I imagine that's too within the bounds of that environment you've already consented with these people and you know that he's okay with it but you're still too concerned to say well he said i could do it i'm still not going to do it and i think yeah i think that's super and it goes back to confidence you know like the like you said the body image and being confident enough to to just to do stuff and not care necessarily about being shy and reserved about it just go for it and all comes back to confidence. And that's one thing that we've both noticed in this lifestyle has the increased confidence we've both gained is, is a lot. We've, yeah. Those awesome. are really good tips. Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's awesome. And um, it's really great to hear that. So mm-hmm. um, I guess we'll, we'll get into the last question here and then wrap things up. Yeah. So uh, you guys mentioned a lot of different podcasts and um, throughout this conversation, is there any favorite resources you'd like to recommend to the audience? Well, our favorite overall podcast, I think getting started was uh, by the by podcast. Number one, because bisexuality for men, there's not a lot of podcasts out there to talk about it. <laughs> so that was a great resource for myself. Um, and for the missus as well, mm-hmm. uh, swinging down under a C and D. Love them. Love their humor. Uh, we got a thing, the Joneses and Pitt and Page with Swinger Diaries. 
Uh, uh, most of those have been out for quite a while. Uh, there's also a lot of new ones that are coming on board as well, uh, which we also like. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, in our journey, we found out that the ones with a lot more experience, more, more hang time, um, we were able to listen to a lot more and listen for their ex- experiences and stuff and learn. Uh, but we've also, the missus has also purchased several other resources, books and stuff like that about jealousy and uh, mm-hmm. case studies that we have been able to do and homework assignments that we've been able to do to try to understand each other and each other's journey through this together. Yeah. Um, so yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot of resource material out there um, if someone's willing to take the time to look for it. Yeah. Well, what was some of those books, just out of curiosity? Do you have any favorites? Oh, gosh. One was actually called The Jealousy Workbook, I think. Mm-hmm. And the other one was Ethical Non-Monogamy. Mm-hmm. Is that what it was called? I think so. Both of those I actually got from Mr. and Mrs. Jones. They interviewed a um, some type of counselor who also turned out to be a swinger, and the whole episode was about jealousy. And I went, right, I mean, I paused the podcast and went and bought the books on Amazon and haven't looked back. Those are just fantastic ways of getting into things. It's more of a mental rehearsal. Okay, what do I do if this does show up kind of situation? So that was really, really handy. Yeah. Yeah. Those are really good to know, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think because a lot of it is it's conditioning, right? We're we're conditioned a certain way for years and years and years, and now all of a sudden you have to double back on that and say, well, what happens if my husband's doing this with another guy or another girl and all of a sudden I I get jealous I'm not going to like grab a chair and break it over his back I have to learn how to like process this and yeah so, so yeah no I think that's those are really that's really great resources yeah well thank you guys for taking the time out of your afternoon and talking with us it's been great to get to know you guys a little bit more yeah and I, I want to say too it was a really awesome story hearing you guys talk about I mean, for one, having to come out individually and then being able to come out to each other and just the the story was really inspiring for me personally, yeah. like to hear that. It's it's really cool to see people like that in the space and we're we're happy for you guys. Yeah, exactly. Congratulations. It's a really exciting story. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's great to have a platform on which to tell the story and people don't judge you for it. So right. Thank you very much for what you're doing That's and what right. you'll continue to do for many, many years to come, hopefully. Well, yeah. we hope so, and yeah, we, thank you. we're happy to do it. So hopefully we will keep in touch, and um, yeah. we'll have a great afternoon. Okay. Bye, thank you. guys. All right. Bye. Bye. It's us again. We wanted to thank Bye and Bye 45 again for coming on the show and sharing their story. It was wonderful to talk to them. Yeah, and thanks again. I mean, a lot of what they talked about was pretty deep, pretty raw. Uh, you could tell there was even a little moment of, like, some realizations in the middle of the episode so that was really cool so we wanted to really say thank you for that yeah next week we have uh a really a very unique Uh interview (laughs) with a couple they reached out to us on twitter they're uh, a couple who got into swinging then got out of swinging and then they were sort of like looking for something to do in the meantime and they started making porn and now they got back into swinging and now they make basically porn of them swinging so it's a really fascinating interview. Yeah. It was a lot of fun to talk to him. So you're going to really want to come in and listen to that one. And we will see you guys in a week. Bye, everyone. <laughs>